Thank you, Catherine. It's my pleasure to be here to talk to you today about trends we face in the commercial fleets and how we navigate them and how we've been navigating them, uh, looking into the futurists, if you will. Uh, I've been at this for a few years and specifically with the shift group since 2015. You know, I continue to enjoy what I'm doing, <clears throat> excuse me, learning, challenging the norms, encouraging different ways of operating. Um, and I think that's part of the, 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 the futuristic thing here is we always have to continue to keep our mind open, our eyes open, ears open, and look at what's happening. Uh, Catherine let in a little bit about it, and it is important uh, in this dynamic environment we're in. If, if you look at the shift group, um, the shift group is a North American leader in commercial and retail specialty vehicles. Uh, that's a lot. Um, but our vehicles move people, they move products and, and services, and we use them where they're needed the most. Uh, it's been an exciting time, and you'll see a little bit more in my future slides on how we're developing the company, how we're transforming the company. Uh, and it's going to take um, a few slides to get there, but I think at the end you'll understand how this all pieces together. Um, if you <clears throat> look at where we've been on the transformation journey, since 2015, we focused really on two, <clears throat> two segments. At, at the beginning, the company had um, <clears throat> two segments, specialty vehicles, which would be like the walk-in vans, and we also had a fire truck, our ER space. Um, since then, 2015, we moved quickly and sold off the fire truck business uh, once we made it more profitable and it could be useful for someone in the market. And we ended that sale in the beginning of 20. So it took a few years, but in the meantime, we wanted to focus on what we call two growth segments, which are parcel delivery, uh, which I think everyone has seen how that's transformed over the last few years. And we actually uh, have been in that space since uh, the <clears throat> mid, uh, probably 1975-ish, uh, maybe a little bit before. But recently we've also acquired companies back in 19 um, a little bit ahead of, of the growth market that we're seeing now into the, uh, the service body business. Those would be the, the cable trucks, uh, the tool trucks that you'll see at a construction site, things like that with all the doors on the side. Um, so in, it's important through this time frame between 2015 and 2021, we were fortunate enough to become Fortune's 100 fastest growing companies, which was really exciting for the company. And when, when people saw that on our emails and things, it really moved the, the pride of the company for all their hard work to another level. Um, but today, when we look at the company, uh, you know, the slide that you see up in front of you is, <clears throat> it, I'm not gonna go into all the details, but we have nine go-to-market brands. Uh, last year, our sales hit a billion dollars in revenue. Um, and we have 18 locations um, that are around the, the, the country. Now, when I first started back in 15, we were strictly in a Michigan, Indiana type of a company, and we could not ship product to the East Coast and the West Coast efficiently because of the cost of freight. And, and some of our customers told us you were receiving a third of the purchase order that you could receive. So part of our strategy back in, in the early time in 15, 16, was to start building out our footprint. And that's how we, we came through a number of these acquisitions that we've made along the way. Um, and we've made five. And we started um, 
you know, I'm not going to say where we started from, but we have uh, acquisition we made up in Maine. We made one down in Florida. We made one out on the, the West Coast in California, which gave us Texas uh, and Arizona as well. So from this, this, these five acquisitions, we were able to um, put our plants in an area where we can reach 85% of the U.S. population within three hours from our plant. So now, instead of getting a third of the purchase order, we get the full purchase order from a lot of our customers. We build vehicles in all three, if you will, sections of the United States, east, middle, and west coast. Um, but <clears throat> I think it's important, right, to stay, keep your eyes out in front. Our strategy is a five-year strategy. Some people ask, well, that's quite a long time. Well, I think it is. The first three are pretty rigid, but if you're not looking past those three, you might miss some, something. So we Every year we're meeting, I think, in another week or two to put our fifth year back on to our strategy. And that continues us, allows us to be flexible and respond to those trends out in front. And I'm going to talk a little bit about it um, when we get into the service body side uh, about how we jumped into that trend early and took some risk. Um, but right now, I'm going to talk about our EVs, if you will. Uh, one of the biggest trends, of course, is, is electrification of fleets. And, and just vehicles. And it's, I, I can't tell you that it's almost every day when you wake up, you read the Wall Street Journal, there's some article. Um, but <clears throat> the moves to EVs are, are really out in front and they're exciting. But I think people also have to remember that the infrastructure is not there yet. And that's, you know, some of the people ask what keeps you up at night. To me, it's, it, it could be that, right? Where we're getting the vehicles ready, we're going to build vehicles and the but the power grid and the infrastructure isn't there. And there's, I'm going to talk a little bit about the money that's come into that. And there's a lot of money moving in. So eventually it will get there. Um, but it's, it's a trend that you have to react to. Um, and it's, it's something, you know, which, which is first the vehicle or the infrastructure. And I, I, I get asked that a lot. I think it's going to be, they're going to come together at some point and, and it's going to be really exciting um, and how, how we get there and how everyone figures it out. There's, there's times when I talk about uh, with my team about EVs is, to me, it's a time when it's almost, and I wasn't there, I may look like I was there, but I'm not there, I'm not that old. But back when, when we were moving from the horse and carriage to the horseless carriage, and if you've watched, read or watched any of the history, You've seen all the startups that were involved there and all the companies that were trying to do it and how they eventually um, came into a few of the companies, but it took a long time. And that's where we're at right now. It's some of the, the startups are falling down, some are keeping going, um, but it's going to be interesting to watch. And I think it's an exciting time. Um, we're going to move in a little bit into the, the parcel fleet trends that we're seeing. Um, and this is, you know, it's a very dynamic and Kath, Catherine talked about it. Um, just think of, of how the entire industry was disrupted if we talk about parcel fleets when COVID hit and people weren't going into work, but they wanted to get everything sent to their home. So 20, 21, 22, and even this year, there's still some, some dynamic changes going on. But um, so in 20 COVID hit, 21, right? Everyone's trying to ramp up and everyone's ordering online. Uh, those companies really sped up fast but there weren't, we couldn't build trucks fast enough because some of the plants were shut down. We couldn't get chips. Um, but the demand was pulled ahead two to three years. So we worked through those supply challenges. Customers were renting vehicles. 
making sure they could get products to the customers. And, and if you look at it today, um, you know, when we do a lot of, of market studies with outside consulting firms and the macro macroeconomic environment, it continues to evolve and it's always changing. And that's why we continue to do studies every couple of years <clears throat> to make sure that our strategy meets that. But the, the time frame right now is in, it's a little bit of a slowdown, if you will, um, because we, we moved forward two to three years. Now we're going to slow down a little bit, but long-term, we're still really excited about this growth in the parcel delivery. We're seeing levels of probably mid to high single digit CAGR growth over through 2026, 2027. So um, again, that's the five-year strategy. You got to keep looking out and deal with today, but look at tomorrow. So um, that's to me, the really exciting part about being in the parcel delivery space. Um, I'm also going to talk about the uh, pressures to electrify. Um, <clears throat> so Everyone's putting out uh, different commitments based on the Titan regulations of CO2 emissions. Um, and I, I've actually had a chance to talk to some of the government officials at some high levels uh, based in the auto show that was here in Detroit. Um, and I, you know, I still stick with my suggestion that fleets are, should be a priority with the government to, to get them to be um, EV first, if you will. Why is that? Well, fleets, they work all day long. The parcel delivery people are out working all day long. Plumbers, the vehicles are moving. If, if I have a VV, EV, which I currently do not, but if I drove it to work, it would sit there for eight hours or so, maybe take a quick run out for lunch, but then it sits there. But the fleets are always moving, always running the vehicles. Um, and I think it's also easier to put the infrastructure in at certain locations than it is to try to have it across the entire company. So I still think that's the right way to go. And, and I think we're seeing some of that in the infrastructure money that's gonna come out. Um, but there, there is a path, right? And it's gonna be bumpy, it's gonna be curvy. Uh, to me, it's like any real innovation that comes out. Um, you know, today the, the EV production is, is not like the ice production. So that's gonna be a long transition to get that to move. Um, and there's gonna be some, some challenges um, and then, Think of, of where the gas stations are. Now we have to have charging stations. It goes back to the infrastructure. People are concerned about range. Supply chain is, is it's a whole new supply chain that's never shipped into vehicle manufacturers. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, it's important to continue to, to watch, look out for the blind spots around these curves, but it's going to be, um, again, exciting. Um, and then it, it's going to be dynamic. And when I say dynamic, um, these are some dynamic changes that we'll be looking at in the future. Um, you know, when you, you think about Amazon really did change the entire delivery process when they offered, you can get it the next day and now it's same day. Now they're saying you can get it by a certain time when you order on Amazon. In the past, the traditional parcel delivery folks would and when you order it online, yeah, it'd be here three to five days. What they would do is gang up all the orders and then send a truck out that's full. But as I mentioned, Amazon says you can get it in, tomorrow morning. If I ordered something last night, I can get it in the morning. They don't need big trucks driving around. So a lot of them have moved into the class two vehicles um, to handle those uh, short routes, the time frame routes, but they still have the bigger vehicles um, for the longer, you know, larger package delivery. So if, if we would have stuck with only our traditional walk-in vans, we would have 
not had enough business today because we weren't flexible. So that's important as, as you continue to work through these changes over the next number of years is stay focused on, <clears throat> on what you're doing, what your customers are doing, um, the capabilities of your customers, um, you know, and, and what could come up from an economic issue or uh, how's the company, are they changing their strategy? Um, currently right now, there's, there's some noise in the market about the FedEx Ground versus FedEx Express. So we're watching that closely. Um, I think UPS is, is going through some union negotiations. So we're also watching that. So I think it's, it's important and you probably, a lot of you do it and I continue to encourage it. I encourage my team, uh, the days get busy, but you got to take some time to stay up with what's going on with your customers um, and make sure that you're also watching your competitors, right? So we have com two competitors. Now we have competitors in our traditional ice space. We have competitors in the EV space that we're continuing to monitor and watch. And, and we use some outside firms to let us know how they're doing financially. Um, so I talked enough about parcel. Let's move into the second growth um, segment that we have at the shift group after we divested our fire truck is the infrastructure. Um, infrastructure is not really moving as fast to EV. Um, it, it will come. And, and I think a lot of the focus is on uh, the parcel delivery in, in that space because those routes are managed. The U.S. Post Office, they're managed. Vehicles are now. It's going to be a little bit of time before the, the larger 250, 350s, 450s get into the EV space. It's, again, it's coming, um, but it's, it's going to have to be managed in and they're going to have to figure out what size batteries and things. So there's a lot of complexity there, but uh, it will be coming, and, and here's why. Uh, if you just think back over the last couple of years, the infrastructure, <clears throat> excuse me, Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, IIJA, put $1.2 trillion into infrastructure jobs. Um, that's going to be coming out over the next number of years, but they're forecasting over the next five years, it'll be $500 billion that will be invested. Um, and, and I got to tell you, when, when we first made the acquisition into this space, the service body space, back in 2019, it was a gut feel. It was a risk because if you drive around, you'll see the infrastructure falling apart. And at, at some point, we needed to invest in that. So that's just the, the vision of that strategy I talked about. Um, so when you look at the bridges that we all drive around and see and the roads, um, there's going to be $1.1 billion over the next five years in that space. The power grid is going to have $79 billion, broadband $65 billion, water and infrastructure $48. So, you know, and if you look at electric vehicle and buses, they're going to put $15 billion into that business, that market. Um, and, and we're excited because in this space, that truck you see on the screen, uh, that's the service body trucks that we talk about. Those are used as tools. Our trucks are used as tools. They're used every day. They're used everywhere. And the, the majority of them are on job sites, right, or construction sites. So we're excited about where the growth of that business will be. And we, like I said, we got in in, in 2019. It's been a great business. And, and we just announced our, our earnings. And that business was up 22% quarter over quarter from quarter of 22 to first quarter of 23, which is showing you the growth in that's to, to me, that's exciting to, to make a, uh, take a risky bet 
Um, yeah, it, it, it's a great business. It would have been successful, but we hit it and now we're into that growth space. So again, if we would have only been looking at one or two years out, we may not have made that acquisition, but you know, we're also taking all the noise that's in the press and news and the industry um, uh, material and putting that into our strategy. So I, I can't emphasize enough. You've heard me talk about it, strategy, strategy, strategy. Um, it's important that you have, you know, uh, the, the North Compass, you, you know where the company is going. And, and if you have that strategy and it's, it's been refined and you've taken as much data as you can, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be a straight line, though. It's curvy as well. So you just have to be able to adjust. And I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a team um, that it is part of, of a great organization that is working on all this because it's not one person in a room coming up with that strategy. It's, it's a team. It's a lot of data. Um, and then if you in the infrastructure fleet side, if we move into lightweighting materials, right, you, you keep hearing about EVs need to be lighter. Well, we've we made an acquisition um, up in Maine that builds aluminum service bodies. So we have steel service bodies in California that we acquired. And we also went after the one up in Maine because we also knew that EVs were going to come to this space at some point in time. And, and if we could have a lightweighting option, which would have been an aluminum body, it would have been better. So we went after that product line with that company. Um, we continue to you know, move into higher strength materials with thinner gauge um, and maybe look at some fiberglass options that we could put in different parts to also lighten it up uh, or composites. And, and this does a few things. It, it reduces the overall weight, but you get more payload and you get better fuel efficiency. So it's, um, it's very helpful when you're talking to customers uh, or fleet customers and you have different options to give them. Um, you know, steel isn't some real good option in the Northern states due to, to rust. So the aluminum gives you two. It gives you that rust protection and it's lightweighted. So um, EV trends in this space, we're ready for them with our lightweighting versions, um, but it will take some more time um, and it, it it will happen, like it's gonna happen in passenger cars. It's gonna, it's just a matter of what time frame is that gonna be in. Um, but if we look at innovations also in this space, from <clears throat> higher demands for better lighting, right? We always hear about construction sites and, and people getting injured. Uh, we wanna make sure that the lights are brighter. LED has helped out, right? The, the people want more security on these vehicles. So we, we've innovated into some we've tied right into the lock system of the vehicle and we have you hit one key fob that you would for the vehicle doors and it locks all of our doors as well so we continue to i haven't said it yet which is really important and embarrassed that i haven't you have to listen to your customer they'll give you the feedback the customer isn't someone in a purchasing office right our customers are the ones using the trucks so we're out on the work sites we're doing ride and drives with our parcel delivery customers understanding what issues they have with our truck. How can we make it better? So again, you hear the customer side of it from the management, but we go down and we're working with the people that are using the trucks because it's a tool and the better we can make that tool for them, the better off uh, our sales will be long-term. Um, and I think, you know, one of those examples is the class five blue arc vehicle that we had at the NTA work truck week where Catherine and I talked, um, you know, it's a class five, it had a dump, aluminum dump body on it. We also put in some uh, power accessories where you could charge your electric 
drill or your electric, if you're a landscaper, your electric weed whacker or your blower. Um, so we, we made sure that when we talk in the customers, we just don't stay in our lane. We think about how can we take our trucks and make it into their, their use. So in summary, these trends will never stop, but you really need to keep your eye on them. Again, talk to your customers, not the ones buying the trucks, the ones using the trucks, at least in our space. So whatever product you have, make sure you're going to the, the, the person that's using your product. It's important. Um, and I think, you know, just to, to move into the, the uh, next focus here is um, keys to navigating for success. Uh, it's everyone's looking for that, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the one book, um, the silver bullet, how to be successful. Uh, I was actually in a meeting yesterday internally in, in the sort of a town hall and somebody asked me, well, what's the last book you read? Um, and I, I said, it's not so much about the last book I read. I think it's about the books you, that you've read your entire life. You're, you have to piece them all together, like I mentioned earlier. It, it's not what book is going to make you successful. It's how do you take your life experiences? And, and, and when I talk about that, I came up with this. It's sort of a mantra that I, I personally live by. And I encourage our team, whenever there's a business issue or you have a challenge, to think this way and that's to, to and it's critical in my opinion to think about how to as every time you get a challenge <clears throat> how do you remain agile you have to stay nimble you have to stay flexible but you have to be proactive and it's about finding a solution so solution based so th those are what you see on a slide there's a lot behind it um, but if you just approach every issue or challenge with these five items I think it'll be easier and you got to stay calm for sure and make sure that you, you think of them in this way. But the, the key is there's always a solution. How do we find that solution? How do we, what's the, the combination to get there? Um, and, and it's also in a way you can say you have to adapt and you have to evolve. Um, it's it's uh, adapting to new trends, sorry, adapting to new trend, trends is critical. Um, you know, we're on our third transformation at the company. When I first joined in 15, it was a turnaround. And then we moved into the, the two segments I'm talking about today, right? With parcel delivery and service body. Um, and then that was the second one. And then we're on our third one, which is moving into EV. So you have to keep transforming your company. You know, I, it was really neat to make fire trucks, but it was a really hard business. And, and that wasn't a real growth market. And for our shareholders, we need to get in the growth market. So um, and, and this will help you weather the storms. I mean, we made it through COVID fine and, and a lot of companies struggled, but um, it's also, again, back to that team. Um, and I, just a couple examples of how you have to adapt and evolve. I mean, I still remember the phone call from my president at FBS <clears throat> saying, hey, Amazon wants us to build a certain number of vehicles. And, and he goes, maybe I, I told him, yes, maybe I overstepped my bounds. I said, no, that's a great problem to have. If we have the order, we'll figure out how to make it. Um, and it was a higher daily volume that we've ever made at one of our upfit plants. And we spooled up our Kansas City plant. We went to three shifts. We made all the vehicles and got them out to Amazon. And that was, you know, one of the first contracts we had with them. So, again, if you, you just look at it and, and think about how do I have a solution? Um, and it's, it, it is important to just stay grounded, stay calm when you look at these things. Um, and and <clears throat> we're going through that right now, right? We're We've built chassis before, um, back to why, you know, why did we move into the EV space? 
we built chassis for 50 years, um, almost 50s, 1975. We built bodies at Utilimaster for over 50 years. We just had our 50th anniversary. Um, but we try to stay agnostic on the EV side, like we are on the ice side, and, and just buy a chassis from somebody and put our body on it. But, um, <clears throat> you know, before June of 2021, we were looking around the industry and we couldn't find uh, an EV chassis that fit our needs because we knew our customers' routes, we knew their expectations, and we knew what the chassis needed to be. So we couldn't find it. So we sat back in a room and, and had a actually one of the strategy sessions and said, well, we've been building chassis and bodies at two different divisions. Why don't we just put them together? <clears throat> so we took a small team from each, put them together and, and decided that it was time for the shift group to get into EV space. And, um, you know, maybe it was a risk jumping into the service body in 19 before the infrastructure money came. Think about never being an OEM manufacturer, but taking your team's uh, thought process and their excitement and putting some more meat on the bone, if you will. We took it to our board of directors and, and we got approval to move forward with uh, becoming an OEM in the EV space. Um, and, and this is where it's exciting because we did have some of our customers also um, ask us to, to help them because they weren't seeing it either. You, you see all the POs and all the, the expectations, but the, the, the beauty of, of the shift group is we like to say we're the anti-startup. And what does that mean? That means we are a functioning business. We're funding our EV development out of our profits um, that we're making from our traditional business. Um, so we're not going out to the market. We have the infrastructure, we have our plants, you know, we're in, in all the states I mentioned earlier. So we can, we have production facilities, we have production knowledge, um, a lot of the startups have to build all their back office systems and processes and they have to build a whole company, which is, it's hard enough building just an EV vehicle, let alone building an entire company at the same time. So that's why we think we have an advantage. Um, and in these trends, uh, they're going to they're gonna continue to change, um, but you have to re remain flexible. And I just mentioned trusting your team. You have to trust your team. The team came to me and said, this is what we'd like to do. We can't find that chassis. Um, you support them, but you also have to get out of the way a little bit and let them have some breathing room. Uh, and it's going to be bumpy. It's going to be curvy along the way. Um, I've never seen any anything that's in a straight line unless you draw it with a pencil and a straight edge. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if we don't take care of those customers and continue to develop them and work with them, we wouldn't exist. So it's in addition to trusting your team, you also have to keep your customers at your core of your company and make sure that you invest in them, right? Invest in products that you make, invest in your people. So thank you for your time today and enjoy the rest of the summit. Um, Catherine, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, and it's a very exciting time out here in this, in the industry, in the, the truck space. Um, and I'm looking forward to the many years of uh, what's next for the shift group. Thank you.